The goal doesn't need to be to avoid the tantrum or meltdown. The goal needs to be to meet your child with understanding and know what to do to prepare them in advance. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I am so excited to be back yet again for another episode. And I'm really excited about this topic, number one, because I love vacations. So I think it's awesome to be talking about vacations and just in general, but vacationing with children is a totally different ball game. So I want to give these parents, our listeners, our cycle breakers, some tips to be able to vacation this summer peacefully. And I'm excited as well because this Friday I am hosting my free masterclass, the three C's to make gentle parenting work without being permissive again. And I'm, I love doing these, these masterclasses because people always walk away encouraged and empowered. And so I'm excited to be talking about that. And we're going to bring a little bit of that, those principles into this podcast episode as well. I want to read to you, Olivia. She attended your last masterclass, and then she says that yesterday webinar gave me many tools I can now utilize to help my daughter through her emotions. I'm very impressed with the layout of the class and the tools that were explained in real life scenarios. Overall, 10, 10. <laughs> Yay, 10 out of 10. I love hearing that, and that's very, very encouraging. I always want people to walk away feeling like they're getting something that they can apply immediately, you know, Mm -hmm. from those things. And so that's very, very encouraging. So if you want to register for this masterclass on Friday, you can open the description of this podcast episode and you'll see a link there. You can also go to our Instagram profiles. My page is at the considerate mama. Marcella's is at high impact club. And you can comment on any of our most recent posts with masterclass and our bot will send you a direct link to sign up. Okay, Rachel. So what is the, your biggest vacation tip when it comes to preparation? Let's just take it in order. You're preparing for that big trip to Disney. <laughs> How do you make it stress-free with your daughter? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I think my first my first thing that I always do is pack things to entertain her for the drive or the flight. I've done both with her. I haven't flown with her since she's been, I think she was seven months old the last time I flew with her. So that would be a totally different ball game at three and a half years old, but we have taken many, many car rides that have been five, six hour drives. Um, and that was the biggest tool for the car for getting there was just having things to entertain her that were car friendly. Mm -hmm. And some of our favorite toys that we have taken, I actually got from a local store, but you could easily make these on a computer. You could laminate the sheets, you could put Velcro on them, but 
we would do like animal matching games or um, item categorizing cards where if it's, you know, everything blue goes on this card. So then she has all these little pieces and she has to Velcro them or stick them to the card that has all the blue things, you know, and those things keep her entertained in the car very easily. We've also gotten some, their water paint books. So they, the pen fills with water. They're very easy. You can find all of these things on Amazon and, um, they were game changers for us. A busy book is another wonderful idea. You can search on Amazon for a busy book. That was our biggest thing, at least for the car ride, getting there. Now, once we're there, that's a totally different, that's a totally <laughs> different topic. And we can touch on that in a second. For me, it was to understand what triggers sensory-wise my children. Because if you think about it, let's just say you go on a plane, there are many things going on, right? A, a big crowd, it smells funny. <laughs> Uh, everybody's rushing, noises, light, and all those things could trigger kids, especially if they have some sensory sensitivity, like my Santi. Um, so if your child is sensory, avoid sensory input, maybe the noise, the crowds, many things going on to prepare in advance, how to help them neutralize that sensory input. So their nervous system doesn't get overwhelmed. With Santi, when we went to Colombia, I took a noise canceling headphones for him. The clothes were a big part because children who are, you know, sensitive in their nervous system, if the clothes are rough, if they if if they have if they have tags that it's there, it's itchy for them. So I made sure that all his clothes were really comfy. They, he was pretty much in pajamas. And it's okay if your children are in pajamas, if that's the most comfortable outfit, but they're going to be comfy and they're not going to get overwhelmed with what they're wearing. And another thing that I planned for Santi is the breaks. So there are many things that, I mean, we... We, can't, we couldn't control, such as making the line to get our bags checked. That was a big crowd and everything. But after that, we took a little break. And then we walked around on the lobby area on the by the restaurant. There was less people. So for that, for me to be able to do all that, we went with plenty of time. Mm -hmm. So and that's another thing. When our children sense our anxiety, when they sense our nervous system getting triggered as well, then they get triggered, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I made sure that we went with plenty of time. I think we went three hours ahead before the flight. So I gave myself plenty of time to, to go to the bathroom with them, to give Santi the breaks, uh, to feed them. Um, and I wasn't as anxious because I think a lot of the times when when we are rushing and, and we are, you know, uh, anxious, our children pick up on that. Oh, definitely. I feel the same way. Anytime I am rushed to go anywhere, I can tell that Peyton is picking up on that. 
And she'll even, you know, go, you know, she's just like, I'm like, okay, baby, we need to hurry and get in the car. And she starts, you know, very much like getting that anxious energy in her body and in her voice. And I realize, oh gosh, I'm literally making you feel anxious and nervous right now. How can I calm myself down to help you calm down? I love the idea of preparing in advance. We, we tend to drive more than we fly, but Mm -hmm. I think that both ways, like just considering being so considerate Mm -hmm. of the child in those scenarios can help us avoid all of the, not all, but a lot of the tantrums and the meltdowns and the frustration that comes with traveling and being out of routine. And, you know, again, just talking about the, the new sights, the new sounds, the new smells, like all of this sensory input that they're getting from these new places can be the perfect storm for meltdowns and tantrums. And so if you can be proactive about that and think, you know, how can I prepare myself for this? And how can I prepare my child for this? So what, what would that look like if you were to, you know, let's say you have a child that is two or older, what, at least from what I see the, whenever they are aware of how much independence they can have, which typically comes around two, but in a typical situation, a child around two wants to know at least a little bit about what's coming for their day. So what would that look like in, for you, in, in your family, in a typical situation, how would you prepare your children to travel? With the twins, we have a big calendar that each one have their own. And, and then before we do something big out of the ordinary, we let them know, okay, in two days, we're going to do this. And then they start marketing, marketing it down um that way they have predictability so that's what we do when it comes to predictability and another thing that we do is that when they wake up we remind them of the schedule of the day and then we may talk about what they may experience and see so we may say we're going to the airport it's going to be crowded there is going to be a lot of people it's going to be noisy and then prepare them with a few skills. I call them replacement skills, which is like when they feel anxious, what can they do? Prepare them beforehand, before they're already anxious and overwhelmed. So they can access those skills and they can tell you, mom, I need a break, right? Uh, Before they are overwhelmed in a sensory meltdown, that could help too. But that, that comes as well. That skill comes, comes as well with a lot of repetition. Yeah. So maybe if, if you're about to travel in a few weeks, you can start now. Yeah. Uh, letting your child know or teaching your child more about their body, how it feels to be overwhelmed, how it feels to be anxious, how it feels to be excited. So they start recognizing their, their own cues, their own body cues and provide them with those replacement skills or things that they can do to calm their bodies down or even asking for help. I think there is something very beautiful about just taking the stance of understanding a child and 
putting yourself in their shoes and looking at it from their perspective and just thinking, you know, I I love what you said about telling them in the moment where they're calm, how to handle the moments that they're anxious, which, you know, from a developmental standpoint, and just from like a neuroscience standpoint, when children are calm, that's when their ability to learn lessons is actually, uh, reachable. You can, it's online so they can actually learn when they're calm. And if we are preparing them in advance for potentially stressful scenarios, just recently I took Peyton to this women's event here in town and I only prepared her. I learned a lesson in this. I only prepared her that we were going to see her Yaya, which is my mom, um, her khaki, which is my sister and my sister's mother-in-law. So she knew that three people were going to be there and we pulled up and there were a ton of cars and a ton of people. And she immediately started saying, no, all people, you go home. I only want to see Yaya, Khaki and Wendy. And I paused and I said, I said, Peyton, are you feeling nervous? Yeah, I feel nervous with all the people. And I said, okay, do you want to wait here for a minute or, and kind of process through? Cause all these people are not going to go home. All of them are going to be there, but we don't have to stay. And she was like, no, I, I want to go in. And then whenever we got in, she was literally waving at everybody. She's a social butterfly, but it just, she wasn't prepared for that. So when we got there, it made her feel anxious. And so it really taught me to think about it from a broader perspective and really think like, so if we were going to be traveling on a plane, I would walk through the whole process with her. When we get to the airport, we're going to go get our tickets and we're going to give them our bags. And then we're going to go and we're going to sit by a bunch of people. And then we're going to get on a plane with a bunch of people that we don't know. And, you know, and I would, I would let her kind of walk her through the process. If we were going to be in a car, it's a different scenario because she's used to that. Um, So I, but I could tell her, I could prepare her. We're going to be in the car for a a long period of time, you know, so it's going to feel like a long time. And I bring her into the traveling process and let her, you know, I mentioned toys that I know that she loves, but I will usually let her pack toys that she wants to play with on vacation. And I tell her, you have, we can't take your, all your favorites. So you can, you know, pick a few that you want to take and we'll say goodbye to the other ones. We'll say, see you later to the other ones. Inviting her into the process, packing even really helps her to transition into a trip really well. There, there definitely are times though, when we are on vacation that I have noticed, even if we stick to a pretty good routine of like a nap time and stuff like that. There's still more we've noticed that like the last trip that we took, she had two pretty good size meltdowns. What would be your tips for the parents that are, you know, maybe they don't know how to handle that situation. What would you say to the parents like to prepare them for those moments? Number one, see your child. Why am I saying by this? The meltdown is not going to present this way. 
mom, I feel sensory overloaded. There is a lot of people and I just want to freak out. Like if, if they were to communicate that to you that way, you would be very understanding, right? But it's not going to come that way. It's going to come like, but I want that souvenir, not this. I want that one. And they would throw themselves on the floor. So that's trickier for parents who don't know parenting with understanding because they see the demand and then they associate the demand of the tantrum or meltdown if it's really intense with the cause of the meltdown. So they do one of two things. They either start reasoning with the child, but I already bought you a, a souvenir. Look, it's this teddy bear. We can buy souvenirs another time when we come back. And they're very hung up on the on the demand of the child. Or, you know, another tactic or thing that I've seen is that they practice power over parenting. Um, they're like, no, I'm not going to get you more souvenirs. That's, that's it. And then they pick up their kids and then they leave. Um, the kid keeps tantruming, melting down. And then now the mom and the dad are upset too. So the first thing is when you see that, don't see the demand, see the need. What is the need that your child is really trying to communicate through that behavior? Because every single behavior, every single one is a communication of a need. They may come with a demand, the behavior itself, because the child doesn't understand, doesn't have the insight to understand her own needs. So she might be demanding that souvenir that you're not buying for her, but that's not the real cause of the meltdown. Yeah. We're going to be talking about those needs, by the way, in the masterclass this week. Right. You're sitting here thinking, I don't know what those are. Make sure to register. So what happens when you do understand your child's needs? Let's just say that you completely understand that your child is overwhelmed with the crowd. How would you respond to that meltdown if you knew that's the cause? You would do something to meet that need, right? If you knew for sure that's the need. They love their children, but they may lack the understanding of the children's needs. Then they see the demand as the cause of the tantrum and they get hung up on that and they get stuck on that. Um, trying to explain why they cannot get the souvenir, why, when they're going to get the souvenir, or just practicing power over parenting, right? Um, that won't help their children either with calming down their nervous system. Now, if you're planning on, on a vacation and your child has trauma, I have wide experience <laughs> Doing therapeutic foster care, all those children have trauma. And when it comes to trips, transitions, things that are out of the ordinary, wow, (laughs) that could be a really big trigger for them. Because if if they don't see predictability, if if there is no consistency, they get really scared, really scared. As soon as we started getting out of of the city, we were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> he started freaking out. And then he was hitting his head against the against his chair. We had to pull over. And then that's when we realized this could be a really rough trip. And it was and it was. It was a rough trip. It was a rough trip that ended up in the ER and everything. Oh. 
So if you are planning on doing a trip and your child has trauma, one thing that you could do is that you could do like little exposures for those children. So for the next one that came to my care, we went to a Sedona trip, which is like an hour away. And then we went a little farther uh, with the permission of their DCS worker, of course. But then they kind of like, we kind of like transitioned them slowly towards the, the bigger trip. <laughs> yeah. And then finally we went to Disneyland and he had a good time and he still needed a little, needed a lot of break and he still had a meltdown, but we, we made it through. Um, the biggest piece of success for us was to adjust our expectations and to expect, to almost expect yes. the worst, expect they're going to have that meltdown and how are you going to handle that? I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just thinking the goal doesn't need to be to avoid the tantrum or meltdown. The goal needs to be to meet your child with understanding, to know what to do, to prepare them in advance, but also to settle them down if they get to that point. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's so often, traditionally speaking, parenting is almost walking around constantly on eggshells in front of children. Like you better not misbehave Uh in public. You better not be the loud child on this plane. You better not, you know, and putting that, that unnecessary pressure on the child to be anything other than who they are developmentally, you know, like Mm -hmm. it is normal for a two or even three or four-year-old to have issues on a plane or in a restaurant or in, you know, an amusement park or, you know, it's totally normal. So expecting your child to have some issues communicating what they're needing. And again, looking at it, putting on your all behavior is communication lens and say, okay, what are you trying to say to me in this moment right now? I think that is so encouraging and so empowering. One thing that I want to say about children with trauma my twins don't have trauma. So I know what their triggers are. I know that loud noises is triggering for Santi, for example. So when it comes to children with trauma, anything could trigger them. A smell, a face is, for example, my children in foster care, if, if they had tra- a traumatic event, let's just say with a grandparent, and then they see somebody on the street that looks like them, that could be the trigger. I'm, for you, it's like, what happened? I don't see anything. Yeah. So their triggers come out of nowhere. Yeah. So you have to be aware of that, that as much as you want to prepare for, if you have a child with trauma, it's hard to prepare for because anything could, could trigger their trauma. Yeah. And if you're, if you're new to this process, it may feel like that. If you, you know, Marcella mentioned that she knows her children. She knows what triggers them. But if you are new to parenting with understanding gentle parenting, respectful parenting, you may not have ever known to look at behavior as communication. So you may feel like, where is this coming from? But when, again, you get into that space of understanding and seeking to see your child and to value your child and to understand your child, 
and meet them in their dysregulation with calm and with peace. And then once they're calm and peaceful with you, let them borrow from that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let them borrow from your calm. Let them borrow from your peace because they're struggling to find it for themselves. So let them borrow from yours by being that calm, peaceful presence. And don't get so caught up in trying to teach in the moment because they can't learn anyway. So throw out all the things that you thought you knew about teaching a child a lesson from the way that you were raised and just focus on helping them calm down, helping them regulate in the moment. And then once they're peaceful and they're calm, then you can go back to them and say, Hey, you know, when earlier you were feeling this way and this is how your body reacted. This is how your body was feeling. And this is what your body needed. Next time you feel this way or you need this, here's how you can express that in a healthy way. That alone can make such a world of difference for children and can typically calm them down a lot faster. So I want to remind you, especially if you're listening to all of this and you're like, I need more tips to understand my child. I need more tips to make gentle parenting work without slipping into permissiveness or slipping over into that traditional parenting model where I want to be very power over parenting. I want to encourage you to register for my masterclass this Friday, because you're going to walk away from that with a ton of tips that you can apply to vacations as well. Again, that link is in the description below. We also want to tell you that if you got a lot out of this podcast episode or any other episode, please leave the podcast a review because other parents want to hear from you. And if you are a customer of High Impact Club, if you have any of our products, you can also join the HIC Cycle Breaker community over on Facebook. We have over 500 amazing parents over there who regularly encourage one another, and we want to make sure that you have your village in this community as well. And if you don't, follow us on Instagram at High Impact Club and at The Considerate Mama and on TikTok. The usernames are the same there. Next week, we are going to have a cycle breaker spotlight. So every month we have one of our cycle breakers come on and share their experience of parenting with understanding and what transformation they have seen in their homes, utilizing the tools and the resources that Marcella and I provide within High Impact Club. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye.